Hey, coconuts, it's the new year. Congrats, congrats, all of you survived and <laughs> welcome to 2022. And you know what happens in the new year, right? Everybody tries to set goals for the new year, right? So new year, new me, new... <laughs> <laughs> and, and all these other people um, that, uh, you know, personal development, runs podcasts, do all that jazz, sounds like me. A lot of these people will try to teach you like new strategies, new ways to go about doing things. And for me, I thought long and hard about them. Like, guys, I have no new strategies. <laughs> Whatever strategies work, and I'm going to stick by it and keep working down that path. If you were already here since last year, great. I'm going to reiterate some of the points. But today, I'm going to focus on what underpins your goals? And I'm sure that's a question you think about, right? Why do I decide to set these goals? <laughs> Not about whether you should set goals, but why these goals? Why of so many things under the sun, you always come back to these few things. I'm going to share you three core ideas that underpins your decision. Your decision, huh? Why these goals exist and you keep coming back to them. So yeah, welcome back. Welcome to New Year. Stay tuned. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fit our unique life. You get it, ultimately empowering us great life we love while managing our finances well. My name is Reggie, your Chief Financial Coconut, and today I'm just going to focus on what underpins your goals. I'm a firm believer that as you get more clarity about how you process certain things, your thought processes, you become better at doing it. Because, hey, now that you know how you do it, you'll find ways to make it better. So yeah, welcome back. So sorry to disappoint all of you. I don't have new tips and tricks for you. I stand by whatever I have been propagating previously. And one of the core ideas that I propagate is uh, only have one theme for the year. Right? So what is your theme for this year? I think that is important. My theme for last year, as with all of you, you know, because you know, you're know you here and we've come so far. And my theme for last year was to make TFC work, was to make the financial coconut a thing, right? Where we figure a business model for it, make sure we get money so that we can continue to keep doing all these for you. And you know, for all of you to tune in all the time to support us and all that, right? So it's amazing. Um, um, I think I think it works lah. For like a better way to put it, I think there's no other easier way to go about doing things, which is to set one theme for one year. Okay, why, why, why? I am a firm believer of focus, right? I'm a firm believer of focus, and I've been trying to get back this focus. What do I mean, right? You realize that these days our phones, um, they have us amazing. Okay, all the electronics, the phones. 
they are so optimized to get our attention that it's splitting our focus all the time. All this notification, social media, and all that, right? So they're all trying to get our attention. And a lot of times, as long as you drown in those kind of situations, it's very hard for you to come back on the main task. So my view, uh, my view is focus gets you the best results, okay? And it is always about having that one goal, that one task, get it done, and procrastinate along with that task. <laughs> Don't try to think of other things. And I know different people will say different ways. And you know, you, you know yourself well. If you've been uh, completing all your goals, you have been meeting your targets and hitting your theme for the year, then great. That means you're doing something right, right. But for me, one theme, one year, and you will crack it, right? Because you will be doing the thing in and out. You'll be spending all the effort in and out. And you will be in the same environment in and out. So like it or not, um, it massively increases your chances of making it work. And I met so many people that have done it one theme for one year. After they are done for the year, the next year, based on whatever you've already set up, right? Because it's a system that you've built over time, right? So in this one year, you have this one theme. And because of this one theme, you set up the whole system to meet your goal. And so now it's a new year. Are you going to use the same theme? It's okay, you know, it could be the same theme. But if you decide that you want to take a different theme, like myself, I'm going to take a different theme this year. Um, I'm going to take the theme of focusing on myself, getting myself fit and healthy again. That's my theme for the year. So everything I'm going to do, it's going to be about that, that thing, okay? So this is my theme for this year. But the question is then, oh, does that mean you're going to like just forego TFC and just not do your shit, stop investing, stop managing personal finances, stop all these things? Um, the reality is whatever that I've already done previously has got me to where I am. And I have formulated a system, more or less, right? Like, what day I do what? What do I do? Who do I hang out with? What is the process like? And all that, right? So, with this new theme for this new year, I have to build on whatever that was built already, right? So, all the stuff that were going on previously, I'm building on it, right? So, then I have to kind of work through the nooks and the crannies of like, okay, you know, with this excess time, what can I do? How do I kind of shift some of the stuff? Can I reduce um, certain additional bandwidth for other stuff to focus on my theme for the year? So, that is definitely give and take, like it or not, huh? But that's not the focus for today. I will keep sharing with you over the course of the next few weeks. I think next week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some of the other hosts to come on together on my Tuesday segment to talk a little bit about what are our goals and how do we plan to go about doing it, right? So there'll be all that jazz. Today, we're just going to focus on what then underpins your goals, right? What governs these thoughts? Why do you go about pursuing them? And generally, I realize there are a few core ideas, okay, as to what underpins them. And I'm going to just wing it, okay? The reality is I'm not like a social scientist and I've not done a lot of research on this, but I've observed a lot of people. Everybody set different goals. I mean... Come on, man. This year, I'm going to be 30. So uh, I've seen many people set many goals for, for many, many, <laughs> for a long period of time. And they all generally fall under a few buckets. And these are the buckets I'm going to talk about, essentially what underpins the goals, right? So the very first thing that underpins a lot of our goals is what we call utility maximization. So this is an economic term. I specifically use this term because there's a lot of research based on this term. And if you want to go and learn more about it, you should. 
right? Utility maximization. So what is utility, okay? In economics, utility is satisfaction, essentially, okay? To put it in a layman's term, satisfaction. And to put it even more lay, shiok, right? The more shiok you are in doing that thing, you will keep doing it. You are incentivized to do it. You have underlying desire to do more, right? And that is very human and that is a, a very well-studied phenomenon which is, you know, in economics, we call it utility. And under this whole utility maximization idea, there is uh, two other ideas, okay? Number one is what we call marginal utility, all right? So satisfaction, ah, shock, ah, is based on a consumption idea, okay? In, in, in econs today, everything is about consuming, you know, or, or at least at a very core of a uh, big part of economics today, okay? By the way, I just want to, you know, do a shameless plug here or, or a shameless flex. Uh. Aku here did very well for econs in JC. Uh. All right, I never, I never continue to study economics. But um, a short story is I got third in level, you know, third in my level, uh, for eco for econs, there was so this one exam I got third in my level, and you know how did I find out? A friend of mine, after you know papers were out, after results were out, he ran over and he scolded me. It's like my God, your handwriting very ugly, you know. I was like, why why you even care about my handwriting? And he was like, because you're the model answer. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the model answer. Wow, powerful. Huh? And you know what happened? Econs was the only thing I'm good at, right? So I took my econs and I went to go and exchange with the person that's very good with chemistry, <laughs> person very good with physics, the other person very good with math. I was like, okay, you teach me this, you teach me this, you teach me this. I will teach you how to do econs like me. <laughs> and that's how I survived. That's how I survived junior college and, you know, got almost straight A's. Uh. So, okay. Okay, back to the story. Uh. Enough of the flex. <laughs> Marginal utility. So if we, if we understand that, Every time we do something, there's some sort of satisfaction, there's some sort of uh, utility that we get out of it, then marginal utility is just trying to understand for every unit more of the same thing that we do, how much more satisfaction do we get? Okay, to put it simple, it's like you have one ice cream, okay? Wow, you very hot day, you want to have this one ice cream, potong ice cream, you get eat. My goodness, damn show, very novelty. You kind of bring out all the emotions from when you were young and all that, right? So you, you have that first one, it's, it's amazing. But what if you have the second one? Oh, well, maybe also very amazing, huh? very, very nice. So, and what, what about the third one? Mm, also, oh, maybe quite good, but the four, five, six, seven. You sure you can eat so many poto at one time? <laughs> so marginal utility is trying to understand for every extra unit that you consume, for every extra poto ice cream that you consume, how much more shookness do you get? And this underpins a lot of your goals. Utility maximization, which is you just want to maximize your satisfaction, in other words. Right? And, and this underpins a lot of the things that we are going for, a lot of the things that we pursue. Right, whether is it more money, more friends, closer relationship, more he healthier and better sexual relationship, uh, wh whatever you write. So a lot of things that we go for is really just to maximize our utility. And understanding marginal utility gives you a better idea of like, oh, okay, so how much more do I need and how much more satisfaction can I get from extra of doing this particular thing? which then leads to an extended idea of marginal utility called diminishing marginal utility. 
Okay, like I said, uh, the potong ice cream, right? at first you eat very short, very hot day, you love it. Second one, maybe also damn short, right? because very long, you never eat potong ice cream. The third one, quite good. Uh, four, five, six. One time you eat the whole box of six potong ice cream. By the sixth one, you will hate it. Uh, I think very, very lightly, very, very lightly. Right? And that is diminishing marginal utility, which is a phenomenon where for every extra unit of that thing that you consume or the act that you do, the extra satisfaction is reducing, right? So for every extra unit, the same unit of consumption, the satisfaction is coming down and down and down. So the additional satisfaction that you get for doing additional of the same thing is diminishing, is decreasing, right? So think about playing games, right? When you first start, you play a game, very short. You level one, level two, level 10, level 100, and all your friends come and play. Wow, that's awesome. But after a while... Every more level that you go for, every extra thing that you do, the satisfaction comes down and it's very, very normal. So this is a phenomenon. Diminishing marginal utility. You can go and read up about it. And I'm a firm believer that a lot of us, we are doing a lot of things just to maximize utility, just to maximize our satisfaction and try to get more of it. So why do I want to then talk about marginal utility and diminishing marginal utility? Essentially, is to let us know that, hey, you know, at some point, the thing that you're going for may not be giving you the extra satisfaction. And that's probably why you are, you know, not as excited about it. But it does not mean that previously it did not give you the same amount of satisfaction or it does not give you enough satisfaction previously. It's just that things have changed. You may be consuming a little bit too much of it. You know, you can always do something else. Right? So novelty is important. All these other things are important. But at the core, I think a lot of us, we just want to be a little bit more shook. Law. Right? And I don't think it's a problem. I'm just trying to give you more understanding of why then the thing no longer shook. Right? And for every extra unit of consuming that particular thing or doing that particular action, at what point is it optimal? At what point is it maximized? So yeah, which is why some people will talk about everything in moderation and, you know, having novelty in your life so that you're not always milking the same action or milking the same consumption. But I think understanding that a lot of us, when we do a lot of things, we just want to show. We just want to maximize that utility is important. And at some point, if we shop too much, if we milk it too much, um, then it becomes a diminishing situation where we feel less and less satisfied. And maybe it is a time to pause it and not stop it. Okay, so these are some thoughts and some things that people uh, think about when setting their goals. It's like, hey, you know, maybe I don't really want to keep accumulating more wealth. I don't really want to buy the next 10th property or I don't really want to keep buying more shares. You know, I want to do something else. And it's perfectly okay, perfectly normal. It is just a phenomenon where the more of it does not excite you anymore. So you have to go and do something else for you to accumulate that satisfaction and it's okay. But maybe as you rotate out of this thing and go and do something else, you may come back and say, hey, I kind of miss this. I want to do a little bit more of this again. So I would say it's actually very normal to pursue a utility maximization. It's like satisfaction. Everybody wants to shook, right? Uh, but why sometimes you fade out of the goal and at what point is it too much? Will you rotate back? I think all these are things for you to recognize and understand. Utility, please go and read out about it. There's a lot. It's a very established idea in economics. So you should have a clearer idea uh, if you go and do a little bit of research. So it's going to be fun. Uh, do it. And like I said, it's very normal, right? And that brings me to point number two, okay? Point number two of what underpins most of our goals is actually being normal. Eh? Really? We listen to all these podcasts to be normal? Is that our goal? <laughs> I will share with you a little bit more afterward from our sponsor. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, coconut. So I, when I say being normal, I'm not saying like be the same as everyone else. Okay, the reality is nobody is the same. Huh? <laughs> okay, everyone is very different depending on how much you zoom into each individual, right? So nobody is actually the same. But being normal in a societal context just means being accepted and following the narrative. Okay, like it or not, like it or not, deep down, you want it. Deep down, you want to be accepted. Deep down, you want to be part of what everybody is doing. And it's very normal. And the thing about these narratives that are out there and the thing about being normal out there is that because you are a multi-dimensional individual, right? You will never be 100% the narrative out there. So what a lot of people do is very interesting, right? So there are certain parts of you or certain things that you like to do, certain um, beliefs that you have that is not normal, okay? Out, out there in this world of narratives in the society that you live in, it's, it's not normal. It can even be considered evil. It can even be considered a taboo. So what do you do? You hide those things and you try to make up for it by doing even more of what is considered normal, which in our society is the pursuit of wealth. It's the pursuit of progress. It's the humans. It's our only asset, rubbish. <laughs> okay, so why, why I don't like the, uh, in Singapore, humans are our only asset? Because that fundamentally dehumanize us. Right to think of us as an asset, as to think of us as our only resource for the country is dehumanizing the individual. Okay, but I will not talk about it today. Okay, uh, what I will say is that a lot of us actually, while trying to make up for things that are abnormal, quote unquote abnormal within our lives, do a lot more of what is considered normal to make up for it, Essentially, to kind of compensate abnormality in our beliefs and in our ideas and in our lives. Right? That's a very, very big part, you know. <laughs> it's very cute, right? Everybody say, oh, you know, uh, uni degree not important uh, these days. You don't really learn much, okay? I, I, I don't really think that that holds, okay? I would say there's a, lot, there's a much more nuanced discussion needed for that. But everyone still do it. You know, most people will still do it. Honestly, honestly, coconuts, it's very hard to be different. It's very hard and very painful to be different. Right? Everybody wants to be accepted, in my view, like, at least. right? And, and I've, I've established some thoughts previously about getting out of the red race and all that. right? It's, it's all a pursuit of finding the people that can accept you and not really uh, escaping from whatever system that is currently in place. right? So I, I do think a lot of people, uh, I believe we are hurt creatures and I believe that being normal is a very big part of our lives, which is why whatever our friends do, we want to do it. Whatever narrative that is being peddled, uh, we have an inclination to do it. And I think that's perfectly okay. You don't want to always be different. You don't always want to be special. Okay, it's very tiring. Huh? So that is one part of uh, what underpins our goals under this idea of being normal. But there's also this other part that I want to accentuate is that there will always be things that you believe in or 
you know, things that you choose to adopt or ways of life that are not normal by societal standards, depending on how big you want to define this society, whether it's in your family, your friend circle, the country, or even the broad narrative out there in the world, you know, whatever, or your society, your religion, what, what have you, right? So there will always be some things that you do that you believe in, you do, you practice, that is considered not normal or considered taboo, considered evil and thro- thrown under the like evil bucket. And I will say that a lot of people overcompensate on the normality ideas so that they can cover up you know, their shame and their fear of being different. And I want you to recognize if that is something that you're doing. If you're spending day in, day out a lot of time and effort trying to accumulate a lot of money, trying to buy a lot of property, trying to spoil your next big share, trying to be a millionaire, trying to do all those things, is that really what you want? Do you have a goal for it? Do you have a thought for it? And if that's what you want, cool, go, go for it. If it's not what you want, you're unsure, it's also okay. You can just say you're unsure, but still do it because, hey, we all know that you and I, we all know that with more finances, it gives us more optionality, it gives us more strength in this system, in this society. So I think it's okay. But if you vividly know that you are just trying to overcompensate, to do more of it so that you can hide all the abnormal and hide the shame that you have because you're not 100% normal and 100% part of the narrative, then I hope that you can revisit your goals. Is that really what you want? Right? Pursuing all that in your life just so you can be accepted. My goodness, very painful. Huh? And yeah, I, I would say it's, it's hard. Okay, so... That's all I want to talk about today, you know, uh, at least up to now. Maybe down the road, I will expand a little bit more. Let me know if these kind of stuff are things you are interested in because uh, I am a big fan of, of thinking about a lot of these things. So, because personal finance, at some point, it's personal. Huh? So you also have to care about the personal part. You cannot just care about the finance part. Right? So you have to contextualize and all these things that we talk about, you know, underpins that context. Okay, so, so that's all for point number two being normal, which leads me to point number three. And that is pain reduction. So a lot of our goals are really for pain reduction. Whether is it future pain reduction? Think about it, huh? all the fear about the future, right? Oh, what about in the future? Property prices are very expensive. Medical prices are very expensive. Your kids got to cost a lot. Blah, 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 blah. All these are fear. All these are pain, right? So just, just the fear itself is creating a lot of pain. Physical manifestation of pain or emotional pain or, or whatever you, depending on the degree of pain. But... A lot of people, we do a lot of things to essentially reduce the pain, right? And a lot of this pain is future. Of course, there's the, also the pain of now. But a big part of personal finance is, is a lot about future pain reduction, right? Insurance, la, investments, la, buying property now, la, trying to understand inflation trends. A lot of things that people spend their energy and effort on when they are indulging in the personal finance circuit is really about a reduction of future pain. Is it okay? Yeah, okay. I think, you know, if if uh, things are vividly clear, you, you I mean, yeah, you know, in front of a hole, you don't want to walk into the hole, ma. nobody wants to do that, right? So I think it's fine. But when you're overly, you know, indulging in it, then... You know, it, it's it's a it's a question mark, right? So that's the that's the part where people they, they overdo it, lah, right? And and how to say whether they overdo it? Uh, that's a whole different discussion altogether. It's very individualized. It's very contextual, right? But hey, we cannot 
discount that a lot of us, we do a lot of things, a lot of our goals are for future pain reduction. Buy house now, you know, invest now, you know, <laughs> buy your insurance now so that in the future prices very high, you still can afford, right? Your, your, your retirement is secure. <laughs> a lot of pain of the future <laughs> governs, underpins our goals today. All right, so that's one part. But there's also the other part, which is the immediate pain reduction, immediate pain relief. You know? And then we do a lot of that. Whether is it, you know, creating passive income so I can fire my boss, or <laughs> whether is it, you know, um, finding a life partner that I can live together with, you know, forever and ever, setting up a family, you know, what, what really underpins some of these goals? I think for a big bunch of people, it's really immediate pain relief because there is so much pain, they just kind of pick up whatever solution that they believe works and, and they go for it. So that, that, that becomes their goals. Right, so I am not. Um, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you, uh, because I also do a lot of that. Uh. <laughs> I think that's important to to recognize. But that being said, right, whether it's utility maximization, being normal, or pain reduction, a lot of times. Okay, I want to say sometimes, but actually, a lot of times, these different factors they counter and they they conflict with each other. Right, so sometimes you you want to be normal, but it's causing you so much pain trying to be normal and you want to also relieve that pain and in that process you're trying to maximize your satisfaction you maximize your utility you know but because you maximize your utility now you may diminish your future readiness for future pain relief <laughs> so you know coconuts you listen to here I just want to thank you and I'm going to leave you in a mess no la. <laughs> no, no 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 but okay I, I Like I said, why I wanted to do today's episode because I want you to kind of get a little bit more clarity about what underpins a lot of the goals that you're going for and also at the same time recognize that there can be some conflict you know, with the different goals that you're going for. It's perfectly normal. There's tension because you're trying to do multiple things. And then if you can, just kind of have one theme for one year focus on that and every year you learn one thing one thing one thing and master that one thing eventually a lot of these things will come together and it will work rather than trying to you know do 10 different things at one time and have all these conflict ongoing uh, with all these things that underpins your different goals so yeah all that being said i will say that for a lot of you listening in in the whole personal finance journey as long as you have a decent plan um, work within the plan. So understand your goals, work within the plan and manage the risk. Once you're done with that, a lot of things, um, you don't need to overdo it. Lah, right? And there, there, a lot of the ideas that are being peddled out there can be a little bit superficial, right? Like the whole discussion about delayed gratification, compounding, investing for the future, you can compound, right? But hey, let us be real. Lah. Whatever you do now also compounds into the future, right? Not just money, right? So your experiences that you do now, your relationships that you do now, the interests that you develop now, the skill sets that you pick up now, they all compound into the future, right? So, hey, is it all about putting every single penny into, you know, compounding in the financial markets? What about spending on the now, spending on accumulating the experiences and accumulating the good friendships? Right, so you know it's an ongoing discussion. This is all I'm gonna do today to help you better understand what underpins your goals. And hey, you know, new year, new you, 
Okay, uh, New Year, OU, also okay. I don't, don't need always New you. <laughs> Come to Telegram Group and let me know. Let us know what are your goals for this year. I'm going to sum up on the three things that underpins your goals. So at least the three bucket of factors that underpins your goals. Number one is utility maximization. For a lot of us, we do a lot of things really just to maximize our utility, to feel more shook. Uh, and it is okay. It's perfectly okay. I just need to recognize that, hey, there is this thing called marginal utility, which means every unit that you consume that increases your satisfaction but there's also this thing called diminishing marginal utility where every more thing that you consume actually you don't actually get as much satisfaction as before and that may be why you shift away from certain things and maybe why some things in the past excites you but it doesn't anymore now which brings me to point number two and that is being normal I think for a lot of us we all want to be accepted we want to be part of the pack we want to feel like okay you know it is okay to be normal and in that sense a lot of things that we do is part of the narrative it's okay to be part of the narrative it's not exactly any problem per se in fact if you're part of the narrative there's a lot of support system for that <laughs> and of course the other part is because there are certain things about us that is not you know, okay within the narrative or quote-unquote seen as evil within the narrative. Sometimes we do certain things to overcompensate for what is within the narrative so that we can kind of feel okay about ourselves and hide the shame about the, the abnormality about us in other aspects of our lives, okay? Which brings me to point number three and that is pain reduction. I think for a lot of us, we do a lot of things to reduce pain, whether it's a future pain or the pain of today. So these are three things that I believe underpins a lot of your goals and that is not to say that you have to change your goals but I hope this gives you clarity as to why are certain things your goals and is that really the kind of goals that you want to go for what are you trying to achieve with these goals I hope you learned something useful today see ya hey I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter reboot. We are going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, Personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for all. Okay, uh, it's a pretty heavy episode. I wanted it to be a light episode, actually, starting the year light and fun and all that. But I realized um, there's a lot of ideas within this one episode. And a lot of these ideas, um, I came across it over the years, but at the same time, I've also been boiling and observing how a lot of people, you know, decide on their goals, what to go for. And I, I think these are big buckets as to why you do certain things. And like I said, I'm a very big believer of trying to understand why you do certain things because that gives you repeatability, that gives you um, the ability to, to keep coming back to it, right? If you're just feel-feel every time, feel-feel, right? Then you are hit and miss all the time, la. you know, which is okay if that's what you want. Uh, but for me, if I can know something a little bit better and I can increase my heat rate, then why not? You know, that's something that I want to I wanna do better. Alright, so next week, next week's going to be fun. Next week, I'm going to get uh, Rakesh and Andrew to come on with me on Tuesday to talk a little bit about their goals for this year and how they plan to go about doing it, why they do certain goals and all that. I thought that was a better way than 
than just me, you know, <laughs> telling you, oh, my goals for this year is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope uh, you continue to achieve and break through together with us and I hope to support you along the way. Uh, we have covered a lot of topics, guys, for the past two years. We've talked about a lot of different things and as much as I want to keep breaking down things that are, you know, more and more fringe and more and more technical, which we will as we go along. Um, I also want to be that companion with you on your growth journey towards the life you love or managing your finances well. So if you have any questions for me, uh, you might say you can DM me on Telegram, send us an email, send us a DM on Instagram, what have you, right? Um, your questions help me create content because, you know, I don't know what you want to know unless you tell me what you want to know. So I wish you all the best for 2022. See ya next week.